Welcome to Behavior Babes podcast presented by me, Dr. Amanda Kelly. Applied behavior analysis is the scientific problem-solving approach at achieving behavior change. We look at our behavior in relation to the environment. What comes before our behavior? What comes after the behavior? And the idea is that those variables will maintain our behavior, either increase, decrease, or keep it at its current rate. And if that's the case, then we should be able to adjust variables that come before a behavior or after behavior if we want to have an impact on the behavior. Take, for example, that you want to have your roommate or spouse wash all the dishes that are in the sink. You may position your sponge or the soap just so. You may leave a note or have additional prompts. You might do things prior to them walking to the sink that could increase the likelihood they're going to wash the dishes. You could also do things after they wash the dishes that could consequate, uh, in this case, reinforce or increase the future occurrence of that behavior. And that might be a simple thank you. It might be doing a favor in exchange for them. Anything that would be sort of preferred. It could even be Uh, the removal of your nagging. If that increases their behavior in the future, that could be seen as what's known as a negative reinforcer. Now, there's a lot of misconceptions when we talk about applied behavior analysis. There's probably a lot of misconceptions when we talk about almost anything. But when we talk about the science of behavior analysis, um, it's really important with any science that we're very precise and that we make sure that we're not having a breakdown in the semantics or in the meaning of words and making sure that we are really kind of focusing and talking about the same thing or at least making sure we're on the same page. Some common misconceptions is that applied behavior analysis is an intervention only for children or only for individuals impacted with autism or other neurological disorders. Uh, In fact, applied behavior analysis has been effectively applied and is recommended by the CDC, the Center for Disease uh, Control, for uh, individuals who have ADHD or diagnosed with attention uh, attention hyperactivity disorder, um, as well as some emerging research in the area and applications to anxiety, environmental sustainability, organizational management, speech and language pathology, addiction or addictive behavior, gerontology, health and fitness, as well as some of the others that we mentioned on the ABA applications um, quick summary. Another misconception is that applied behavior analysis is synonymous or the same as doing discrete trial teaching. And what is meant by discrete trial teaching is I give an instruction or discrete cue, like um, I say, clap your hands. And you then clap your hands or are prompted to clap your hands. And then afterwards, you receive a response, either that correction, some feedback, or you know perhaps a high five or some other socially mediated reinforcer. Um, now, a lot of what we're going to do when we're talking about practicing a skill, there is going to be repetition. But behavior analysis really relies on those seven dimensions, the underlying characteristics, the defining characteristics of the science. So generality, effectiveness being technological, uh, applied, selecting socially significant behaviors, going to the research, being conceptually systematic, making sure we're analyzing the data and that it's going in the desired direction so that we're having the effect and that we're always targeting those observable and measurable behaviors. So that can be done in many different ways. 
Um, a common misconception is that ABA is for behavioral problems, and you could probably sense my air quotes there, but self-injurious, aggressive, serious behaviors. But behavior analysts and in behavior analysis, we really view behavior to be any observable, measurable act, so anything we can see and measure. Um, and that's inclusive of, of academic behaviors such as writing, computing math problems, learning to read, spell, as well as vocational and pre-vocational skills, right? So things that you might be doing in your workplace setting, learning to type. I mean, that's something uh, that I learned in high school that later, I mean, we were doing it on more sophisticated devices later, but things that I did need to learn to do in my adult life, if you will. You know, another misconception is that if you have a behavior analyst, then you're all good to go, right? So a board-certified behavior analyst is required in many states for any of these sort of insurance-funded or for Medicaid uh, reimbursed services, but you see it as an expectation in other situations as well. Um, and, you know, not all behavior analysts are created equal. Um, not all teachers or doctors or lawyers or judges are created equal either. So, you know, it's really important if you're looking for someone to work with your child or yourself or with your team that you want to make sure you check their background and ask them really good questions and don't just assume because someone has a credential that they have the experience you and your team require. You know, ABA is not always done at the tabletop. It can be done in any situation in which you live and learn or which you succeed or struggle or strive for change. Um, And while we can train people to implement applied behavior analytic principles, while we can have direct support workers, classroom teachers, parents, and other guardians implement the science, it really does take um, additional training, right, to, to kind of Um, take that analytic view and to learn how to be objective and to really understand all of the evidence and the research that's out there and how it connects. You know, 40 hours of applied behavior analysis is not needed for everybody. Um, 40 was actually an average in the original study done by Lovas and his colleagues. Some individuals had 18 hours, some upwards of 65. Also, why it's important to get your information directly from the source. So, um, I don't know if it's a common misconception or just maybe a deviation from traditional practice or what we were taught, but let's make sure that we're sticking with the literature um, and that we are kind of connecting to the original sources. Uh, Applied behavior analysis does use reinforcers that might mean edible items, that might mean tangible items such as uh, electronic devices or an art pad or something of that nature. But the idea is to condition or to share um, or to have coexist those items or activities with social interactions or with naturally occurring reinforcers. So Applied behavior analysis is alive and well. The number of behavior analysts and college programs is really growing. The number of states that are adopting legislation is growing. And I think the understanding or at least the interest in the field is growing. If you'd like to learn more about applied behavior analysis and learn more about what it is and what it isn't, please check out www.behaviorbabe.com.